Welcome to the True Crime Squad. I'm Christy Brower, and I am all alone on the show today. But this is our Monday episode, so welcome. Katie is traveling, but we'll be back in our very next episode. So today I have just curated a few interesting, funny, WTF kinds of stories in a little bit of a true crime roundup, which we like to do every once in a while when there isn't a big case to cover, but there are a lot of interesting cases to cover. So let's get started first with J.P. Morgan. Now, we've talked about J.P. Morgan being in trouble in the Virgin Islands over their involvement with Jeffrey Epstein and his sex trafficking ring and that he was using their bank as uh, the place to store his money that he used for that, including money that was used to pay off victims. Well, that all happened because of a former senior banker who worked there. His name is Jess Staley. And he is no longer with J.P. Morgan, and he is now being sued. Uh, J.P. Morgan is saying that he concealed his personal activities and his involvement with Jeffrey Epstein. Now, we've kind of heard um, conflicting reports of this because there have been other employees stating that this was a conversation that did come up in certain meetings, that there was some awareness at the time that uh, Jeffrey Epstein's money was being used for sex trafficking while it was in their bank. Well, they are in big trouble, and so they want Jess Staley to be in even bigger trouble. Now, remember Jess Staley is the guy that wrote some really glowing, creepy, and honestly just make me want to throw up emails to Epstein, you know, saying what an absolutely wonderful and life-changing friend he has been to him and blah, 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 right? Super duper gross. Well, JP Morgan, they are going to get their pound of flesh, or at least try, out of Jess Daly for getting them in this situation in the first place. Um, so J CEO of JP Morgan is Jamie Diamond and they, uh, have filed this in hopes of, you know, helping with the, the Virgin Islands looking into them. Uh, JP Morgan states that, that Diamond himself never made any decisions related to Epstein's account. Um, but that Staley may have inappropriately exposed them to liability. So they're saying he doesn't work here anymore, but we think that you know, he was the main person involved at the time. Uh, Staley is kind of getting a t reputation now for his involvement with Epstein. Um, he is also Barclay's former CEO, um, he's resigned, resigned from there because of emails and, you know, it, it's kind of known that he and Epstein had a, what we would call a cozy relationship, which makes me want to vomit a lot. Um, so we'll see what happens. I, we had some questions the last time we talked about this, about how the bank could be held responsible for what Epstein was doing with this money. Well, actually banks can be held for, 
uh, responsible for lots of things that people do with their money if it's illegal. And there's quite a lot of proof because Staley used like his JP Morgan email address to have these heart to heart um, email discussions with Epstein. So we shall see what happens here. Um, but I would think that uh, it, it's not good for JP Morgan or Staley. Here's, here's what they are um, alluding to in their lawsuit. Between 2008 and 2012, Staley exchanged approximately 1,200 emails with Epstein from his JP Morgan email account, uh, is what the lawsuit alleges. These communications show a close personal relationship and profound friendship between the two men. Gross. Why would anyone have a profound friendship with Jeffrey Epstein other than, well, you know. Um, let's see. So they say this uh, indicated a personal relationship and profound friendship between the two men and even suggest that Staley may have been involved in Epstein's sex trafficking operation. Well, I mean, let's get real. Why else would he have been so profoundly affected by Jeffrey Epstein? It's super gross. Uh, let's see. So one of the emails, and this is the one we've shared this one before, but it just blows me away. So this is Staley to Epstein. When all hell breaks loose and the world is crumbling, I will come here and be at peace, the email said. According to the lawsuit, uh, presently, I'm in the hot tub with a glass of white wine. This is an amazing place, truly amazing. Next time we're here together, I owe you much, and I deeply appreciate our friendship. I have found so profound. Also, at another point... Um, they were using some pseudonyms for certain people and certain activities. And he indicated that uh, he wanted Jeffrey to say hello to Snow White. And it, they started using these pseudonyms for various uh, young women and young girls that they were um, involved with. Here's what the attorneys for JP Morgan are saying. We wish to make it expressly clear that our client had no involvement with any of the alleged crimes committed by Mr. Epstein and code words were never used by Mr. Staley in any communications with Mr. Epstein ever, um, although they were in the email. Um, I don't know. The bank is also seeking compensation paid to Staley during the time period of his disloyalty from at least 2006 through 2013 plus punitive damages. I would imagine that's a lot of money. So we shall see uh, where this goes. But as always, we keep a close eye on anything happening with people who are Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell adjacent so that we can see, I don't know, a lot more justice than we've had so far in, in that particular, in those particular cases. Next up is a case out of Canada. And this is a ruling I can get behind. This may not have come from the U.S., but I'm going to take it as a go-ahead for myself. A judge in a case in uh, Canada has said that flipping the bird is a God-given right. <laughs> this is a case between feuding neighbors. So I'm just going to call them Neil and Michael. Um, Michael is a very, Michael's a neighbor from hell, okay? He had all these cameras set up to film his 
neighbors. And then he kept this journal keeping track of everything they did that he thought was wrong and that they shouldn't be doing. And at one point he actually got Neil arrested for flipping him the bird. And the judge actually said that he was inclined to take the file and throw it out the window. Alas, the courtrooms of the Montreal courthouse do not have windows. <laughs> so this dispute had been going on between these two men for a long time. And the judge was pretty, he said, um, he could not adequately express his bewilderment that Neil was actually even arrested for uh, flipping off Michael and found him not guilty of all charges. So what was what happened in this trial is not only did, you know, he'd been charged with flipping this guy off, but then it came up um, a lot of the struggles, the feud that's been going on in this neighborhood with Michael and all of his cameras and his journal, which unfortunately for Michael, his journal um, explanations of what was going on in his neighborhood did not match his film at all. The judge actually said that the differences between the film and the journal were at sometimes staggering. So let me tell you a little bit of what was going on. So at one point, uh, Michael was using a jackhammer during some home renovations. He turned around and he sees Neil standing there. And <laughs> Neil crossed both of his arms and, you know, did this and one of these gave him both, gave him the finger with both hands. Um, as he walked away, Michael said he made a throat slashing gesture. The judge said it was more of a dismissive kind of gesture. Uh, <laughs> so then um, after walking a few steps away, he then turned around and made a punching motion with his hand as if to challenge him to a fight. So Michael called the police telling, and he was telling, told the court that uh, was he going to come back? Was he going to try to kill me? He told the police that his life had been threatened by his neighbor for that. Um, the video evidence does show, you know, that uh, Neil did in fact give him the double bird, which I, everything I've heard about this neighbor, I would think that was showing quite a bit of restraint. <laughs> and uh, apparently uh, Michael also held up the jackhammer in a menacing way and said, you're effing dead. Um, <laughs> so then the judge said, on what basis did he fear that Mr. Epstein was a potential murderer? The fact that he went for quiet walks with his kids, the fact that he socialized with other young parents on the streets, if that is the standard, we should all fear that our neighbors are killers in waiting. Hide your kids. Hide your wives. We are all in mortal danger. I think the judge had really had enough with this. So there were a bunch of other stories told in, in this trial, none of which were relevant. And ultimately, Neil was uh, found not guilty on all charges. And we've all heard it now from a judge. Flipping the bird is our God-given right. I never questioned it for a moment. Next, we have, you will recall a few months ago, we've covered this case, um, a six-year-old first grader who shot his teacher in his classroom. Teacher's name is Abigail Werner. This happened on January 6th of this year. The young boy brought a handgun to school. 
and he did shoot her in the abdomen and she did have life-threatening injuries and was in the hospital. It was a big deal. They're not bringing any kind of charges against the six-year-old. This happened in Virginia and there were a lot of questions around if they even could charge him at his age. They've opted not to. They have said, however, that it is still possible that his mother could be charged because it was her gun and he did manage to get a hold of the gun. You'll remember this is the situation in which there were several opportunities prior to the shooting for school personnel to search this child and take the gun. And school um, administrator, the school administrator did not do anything about it and sort of blew the whole situation off until unfortunately Abigail Zorner was shot in the abdomen. The prosecutor has, has stated that, that, that it has become clear to them that the child did shoot her on purpose, that this was not accidental, but that he did have um, intent to shoot her. However, he's six years old and they don't really have a way to charge him. Um, we've talked about this a little bit also, but the parents have released a statement um, where they said that the gun had been secured. I don't know how secure it could be if a six-year-old could get it and had the ammunition and knew how to load it, also knew how to shoot it. Concerns there. Um, their child had what they call an acute disability that normally included one of his parents coming to school with him. I have really a lot of questions about this case. If this child was struggling that much at school, why he did not have a one-on-one -on -one aid trained to handle him at school, why they were relying on parents for that. We, we do have federal money and federal laws that assist in situations like this with children with disabilities that need extra help in school and that need supervision. Why that was not occurring, I don't know. But when this occurred, they had just started letting him try to go to class by himself without one of his parents there. And he took a gun to school and shot his teacher. So clearly he is a child who has a pretty significant disturbance and needs some extra help. Um, the the uh, prosecutor has not ruled out charging mom. So we shall see if there are charges coming forward, but they will not be moving forward with charges on this young man. What I do hope, this young child, he's six. What I do hope though, is that they're finding some better ways to get him the help that he needs because there's something seriously wrong uh, going on with a child if they intentionally shoot their school teacher. This is not behavior you would expect from a child at that age. Next, we have Dolphin Dave. Dolphin Dave is in some trouble in Hawaii. Now, I love whales and dolphins and sea life of all kinds. And so does Dolphin Dave. But Dolphin Dave loves them so much that he can't seem to follow the laws and regulations in Hawaii around the protection of wildlife in the ocean. He was, uh, <clears throat> he videoed himself swimming so close to an adolescent humpback whale that he could almost touch the whale's fin, which is way too close. That is against the rules. You are not supposed to get that close. He's also in trouble because he was caught pursuing a pod of swimmer dolphins and he was snorkeling with the dolphins and there was video of that as well. 
Um, again, way too close, not supposed to be doing it. Whales and dolphins are protected by um, Hawaii state laws and by federal laws. Now, I get loving these animals, but don't get so close to them. You could harm them. You could be harmed by them. You could, who knows? Can we pass COVID to whales and dolphins? We don't know. Like, don't be touching them, you know? We don't know what we could give them. Um, however, this is Dolphin Dave's statement that he gave to the police. He's not going to stop swimming with whales and dolphins because it's magical and others do much worse things. So, I mean, Dolphin Dave, I doubt this is our last story about you. It may be true that others do worse things, but that doesn't mean you should be doing this, buddy. Come on, straighten up. Straighten up. Last but not least, I have a Florida man story for you. And I'm only going to use this man's first name because clearly he is struggling. But it might make some sense based on recent events. Uh, a man was arrested on March 8th. His name is Jason. Uh, he was seen by a restaurant worker walking down the street naked. Turns out, as we know, that's not allowed. So this was in Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, the restaurant worker called um, the police and the police, ident you know, followed this man, Jason, walking down the street naked. They did eventually identify him, but they didn't know who he was at first. But let me tell you what was in the arrest report, because I just sometimes I don't know. Uh, they said Smith was walking westbound with no clothing on. Seems pretty self-explanatory, right? But then they also said with his penis fully exposed to the public. Isn't that what walking down the street with no clothes on means? We really have to get the details? I don't know. I just see a lot of over-explaining in the news lately, and that is definitely one. So at first, he would not give a name or date of birth or anything, and they handcuffed him and took him to the station, as they would do. Um, they did eventually get his name from him, but he did say he didn't have a social security number, or any kind of identification card in any state. And his reason was because he resided on a different earth. But my only question for Jason, besides couldn't you just put on some shorts, is did you by chance come here on a balloon? Maybe they really are among us friends. And they're named Jason and they don't have any clothes. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of funny. I didn't want to use his full name. Clearly he's struggling, but uh, he's from a different earth, you guys. So he doesn't have a social security number and ID card because no, but I've, I figured it out. He came here on a balloon that got shot down over the ocean. So, you know, it's not his fault, right? I don't know. Anyway. That is our true crime roundup. This is our Monday episode. Katie will be back with me for Tuesday. We will not have a pre-recorded Wednesday episode. We will have our live stream case updates Wednesday evening. And then Thursday, we do have court for Lori Vallow Daybell. And we will be attending that hearing and then doing a live stream following to give you all the details of what's coming up in court. And I did talk about that on our last Wednesday night case updates, but they're going to be talking about the death penalty again and maybe trying to get that uh, uh, knocked, uh, kicked off from her charges. They're, they're going to argue that 
again, they are, I also have an, a motion eliminating to strike some evidence that was turned in late and a few other things. So we will be sharing all of that with you, but I just wanted to give you a few things to think about here at the beginning of the week. And you know it, we are the True Crime Squad. Please like, subscribe, share, comment. We appreciate all of you for helping us grow. Thanks for being here. Thank <music> you.